0: words with us and you know to be home you know a little homecoming for thanksgiving what's up and so it's a a lot of new faces here for those of you who don't know me i'm randy randy Ware. my wife and i um man i wish my wife could have been here as well but uh i'll share a little bit about them in a second but uh they are uh they got Gymnastics and all that good stuff, but we were birthed here in the uh, Wichita Church, uh, me as a sophomore in high school, and so where I found faith, where I came to the faith, and uh, Kim of course, as uh, that was in 96 and Kim in 99 as um, you know, right after she graduated. So we are excited to I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be able to share God's word and um, and uh, give you a little bit of a life update. Let me make sure this thing is working. Is this working? Can You see it? There we go. So uh, this is uh, the family. You have, uh, from the, what's the left? You have the left, you have Brooklyn, my youngest, and, uh, she's doing gymnastics. She just started competitive gymnastics, uh, and she's doing great with that. You see her, she won a couple little medals and all that good stuff and uh... And then kaylee just started she started competitive volleyball that's why they didn't come because they had their practices and all that good stuff and uh... so she's she's uh... ninth grade brooklyn is sixth grade now and um and then uh... you may not know bandit bandit's uh... my son the dog there <laughs> right underneath and actually as we transitioned to uh... we moved to kansas city four years ago now and uh bandit actually we adopted him from uh tim and Minda. there we go over there <laughs> and so they hooked us up with a with a dog thank you um kinda cuz i can't stand the dog to be honest <laughs> you know and so uh i i i kind of lovingly call him uh our son but uh, you know we we trying to if anybody's looking for a dog we would <laughs> we, we would love to uh, you know uh Kim and Kim and the girls would kill me if I said that and and then uh, of course, that's uh, Kim and I uh, we just uh, got back from a trip down in Florida, uh spent some time in Fort Lauderdale, but uh they send their love, and uh they'll be here next week, so they'll be coming up on Tuesday, so you get a chance to see them uh next uh next Sunday and be able to worship together. And They found out I was coming they were disappointed they couldn't be here today, in fact, Kaylee was like, man, we have to Make sure we're at uh, church next Sunday because they want to be able to see and reconnect with you guys and um, and uh, love up on you. And so but they do send their love. And before I forget, uh, there's a lot of people who send their love. I can't remember who all they are, but I did write down Mark and Jody. So uh, so Mark and Jody d- uh, do send their love, their affection uh, as well. The title of our time this morning is Dare to Love. Dare to love. And the idea is that uh, and I, I, I won't teach you anything new. Uh, I won't teach you anything. You know, it's not about teaching you or, or hitting you with something that you don't already know. My hope is to maybe lead you somewhere where you may not want to go. Right. And uh, the idea is to inspire you to take risk with your heart. You know, there's so many opportunities and things in life that we take risk with, right? But what the scripture calls us to, what God sets before us is the idea that we dare to love, that we give our hearts and we give our lives to something that's bigger, that's beyond who we are right now, and to be, that's smaller and beyond even this, the, 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 the frailties of this life. Amen. And so we're going to take some time and look at a couple of passages that will help prompt us and spur us and motivate our hearts this morning. You know, there's a passage here in Acts chapter 2, and uh, we can look at the church in Acts chapter 2, and, and it can be the sort of this ideal of who we are to be as Christians. And so I wanted to read this passage here. It says, uh, so those who accept this message were baptized, And about 3000 were added to them and they devoted themselves to the apostles teachings, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayers. Then fear came over everyone and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now, all the believers were together and had all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as anyone had a need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple complex and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with a joyful and humble attitude. And that's probably going to do here in a couple of days for Thanksgiving. You know what I'm saying? Praising God and having favor with all the people. And every day the Lord added to them those who were being saved. You know, what an amazing passage. And we see the hearts of the Christians as they gave their hearts, as they gave their lives to God. And as I mentioned, we hold this up as sort of the ideal. And we look at this heart and we aspire to imitate their faith and their devotion to one another. We see hearts that's united. They're united in their love for one another because of Jesus. They're also united in their mission. And we hold this out. And this is what we aspire to, to be a people who are united in heart, but who are also united in mission. We see this sense of adventure, this sense of family that brings them together in their love for one another, this sense of excitement. And it, we see the Lord's part here at the end. It says the Lord added to their number daily Those who are being saved. We see the explosion of the Christian church here in the first century and we look at the miracles here and this is what we want for our faith. This is what we want for our group here. Right. 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 But what we don't always acknowledge is the risk, the challenge that they had to go through in order to see God's blessing in their lives. We want to experience the miracles, but what we also must acknowledge is with great risk come great reward. If we want to see the blessings and the miracles, we got to we got to take risks. And the thing that we have to risk is our hearts. You know, there, as I mentioned, there are all kinds of risks that we take in life, right? You know, and and really every day we're taking a a certain level of risk, whether you're uh, taking a step out of your bed and 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 walking to the refrigerator to grab something to eat. And in all aspects of life, there are risks. But the greater the risk, the greater the reward. You know, I wanted to share uh, a few years ago we went to uh, uh Colorado Colorado Springs and uh, we got a chance to get on uh this alpine slide and so uh, how many of you guys have ever been on the alpine slide there in Colorado Springs so it's a it's a 3000 long 3000 foot long slide that that re, that elevates about 300 feet high about 600 feet vertical drop and uh you know this is a picture of it right here this is kind of how they sell it to you you know they got these little innocent kid and a mom there and they're smiling you know but as we get on this uh, i mean i'm okay with heights but uh 600 feet is kind of high and so uh you get on this uh what do you call it a lift like a ski lift to go and you're going up the mountain till you get to the top and you know, and and so I'm figuring there's an elevator, but no, there's no elevator, you actually got to get on the lift, this is my first time getting on this lift, and uh, there is no, if you've ever been on a lift, there's no, there's no seat belt, buckle in, you're just there, so you can fall out at any time, so my heart is like pounding, and I have my backpack with me, and my backpack's kind of pushing me forward, so I'm actually kind of leaning forward a little bit, and you're looking down over the trees as you go up, I'm like, oh my goodness, so I'm getting, i trying to play it cool, because, you know, Kim's kind of nervous as well, and I don't want to, I want to be a little bit safe for her, so I'm like, oh my, uh, yeah, you know, kind of faking the funk a little bit, so we get to the top, and I got this picture of it kind of being fun, and you look down, it's like, this is what they sold to me, but this is what it actually, (laughs) this is what it felt like, and I'm like, oh my goodness, and, you know, you can see all these little kids, and they're like, woo! And they're going down and they're having fun. And I'm like, going, I'm trickling down because they, as you give the, you can actually go down with the brake on and go really, really slow. And they're like zooming down. These little kids, little kids feel like babies, but I'm like, like trickling down and barely going and I'm like, oh my goodness. But this was a great risk. In order to experience that thrill, there was some risk that was involved. And the same thing is true in our relationship with God and our relationships with one another in order to see God's miracle in our lives, there are going to have to be a level of risk that we are willing to take. There's a quote here, bungee jumping and skydiving are risky, but perhaps the greatest risk in life is to love someone who may not love you back. Isn't that so true? The greatest risk in life is to love someone who may not love you back. You know, this is a part of accomplishing God's mission. We will love we will encounter relationships with one another and we give our hearts, we give our lives. And the reality is that person may not love us back. And we see a, a great example of this in Paul. In the Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians, chapter 1, I love Paul and I love his example that he sets before us as he risks his life and ultimately risks his heart for others. In Philippians chapter 1, it says here, Brothers and sisters, here's what I want you to know. What has happened to me has actually helped to spread the gospel. One thing has become clear. I'm being held by chains because I am a witness for Christ. Paul is writing this letter to the Christians from prison. It continues all the palace guards and everyone else know it because I am a prisoner. Most of the believers have become bolder in the Lord. They now dare even more to preach the good news without fear. It's true that some preach about christ because they are jealous but others preach about christ to help me in my work the last group acts out of love they know that i have been put here to be a witness for the good news man look at paul's heart his love for the and his affection for the gospel and his love and affection for the christian he summarizes his mission as wanting to advance the gospel for jesus but he took great risks in order to accomplish that mission. He had to risk his livelihood. He had to risk his status and uh, who he was in society and how people treated him. He had to risk his personal peace, right? He's writing this from prison. He wasn't just talking about taking risks for the mission. He was living it. He laid everything on the line, he faced rejection, ridicule, persecution, isolation from the people he loved. Why? For Jesus. Yeah. He says, because of my chains, some dare to proclaim the gospel without fear. You know, he didn't know whether preaching the gospel would result in the way that he wanted. He didn't know. It says here that some preach fearlessly and yet others preached to his shame some actually used that opportunity to get back at Paul and to cause him even more persecution and challenge and staying in prison there was an enormous enormous risk that he took and there was no guarantee whether people would respond to his love and affection for them it continues here and uh verse 18, it says, but what does it matter? Here's the important thing, whether for the right or wrong reasons, Christ is being preached about. That makes me very glad and I will continue to be glad. I know that you are praying for me. I also know that God will give me the spirit of Jesus to help me. So no matter what happens, I'm sure I will be set free. I completely expect and hope that I won't be ashamed in any way. I'm sure that I will be brave enough. Now, as always, Christ will receive glory because of what happens to me. He will receive glory whether I live or die. Listen to that. He says he will receive glory. God will receive glory whether I live or whether I die. For me, life finds all its meaning in Christ. But death has its benefits also. What passion for the gospel. What passion and love for Jesus. This was Paul's motivation. He didn't do it simply to grow the church. That wasn't enough to get him out of bed in the morning. It wasn't enough for him to simply have a relationship in the body. It wasn't enough for him to, to 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 uphold just he didn't do this just for religious tradition. His primary motivation was Jesus. He says life find all its meaning in Christ. You know, he wants to be set free, but he also understands that he could die here in prison. Why? For the sake of the gospel. This was his primary motivator. In chapter one, Paul mentions Christ, Jesus, Lord. He mentions and refers to him 37 times, 20 additional times in chapter two. Why? He is consumed, consumed with Jesus. Are we consumed with Jesus this morning? What's consuming your thoughts? So often it's work, raising the kids, being a kid, all the whatnots. I appreciate what Tony shared during uh, communion this morning. So often it's the things that we're not, the things that we don't measure up to, other people's expectations that can so often consume our minds rather than Jesus Jesus was consumed by the presence of Jesus. And because he was consumed by that, he was willing to take risk because he understood, first and foremost, the risk that Jesus took for him. We want to risk our hearts. It's going to take us understanding. And being motivated and being consumed and finding life's meaning. And Jesus and Jesus alone. Paul here says or Paul in first uh, Corinthians, he says, uh, what does he say? First Corinthians chapter 11, verse one, he says, follow me as I follow the example of Christ. You know what? We want to imitate Paul. Really, we can imitate him only as we imitate Christ. You know, let's continue here in chapter two. Paul says, make your own attitude that of Christ Jesus who existing in form of God did not consider equality quality God as something to be used to his own advantage. He could have, but he didn't. Instead he emptied himself by assuming the form of a slave taking on the likeness of men. And when he had come as a man in his external form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even Death on the cross. Look at the adversity that Paul faced. And yet he's motivated by Christ's example of humbling himself. As God humbled himself, Paul humbles himself. As God, as Jesus has the, the attitude of, of humility, Paul is motivated by that in his attitude of humility. You know, we look at this 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 uh, this heart that that this example of risk Paul took and it goes back to Jesus and Jesus example and the risk that he took goes back to the beginning of time. Let's look at Genesis chapter two. In verse eight, it says the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east and there he placed the man he had formed. The Lord God caused to grow out of everything the ground, every tree pleasing in appearance and good for food, including the tree of life in the middle of the garden, as well as the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We trace back God's heart to the beginning of time as he created us, as he created humanity, and he put and place this perfect creation this perfect completed humanity where we could where we were destined to be with him in eternity forever and uh, you look at this and it's like wow god was our sustenance we had everything we could ever want and every need that was perfection in the beginning right but as we all know it went awry and we look at genesis chapter 3 And it says, now the serpent was more cunning. The the, the serpent was the most cunning of all wild animals and that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but about the fruit in the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, you must not eat it Or touch it or you will die. No, you will not die. The serpent said to the woman. In fact, God knows that when you eat from this tree, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. A decision was made when the serpent, when God allowed, not only did he create the serpent, but he allowed the serpent to be in the garden. And when he allowed the serpent to be in the garden, a chain of events were set in motion. You see, before the snake, there was perfection. But after the snake, there was choice. After the serpent, man, humanity had a choice. We had the choice to either choose God or not. The choice became ours. And this, I believe, is one of the greatest forms of love that God has ever demonstrated to give us the choice to love him or not. And every single day, at every moment, at every breath, you have a choice to love God or not to choose him, to obey him, to live for him, to submit and to surrender yourself to him or not. That is the greatest form of love that he demonstrated. He takes an enormous risk and he took an enormous risk in this moment. Not knowing whether you and I would reciprocate this love for him. Right. You know, you think about this, and uh, love is really the greatest risk there is. Yeah. You know, you, particularly when you talk about uh, you really you 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 understand we understand love between the 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 parent and the the child relationship. I believe uh, far more than anything. You know, in a marriage relationship, when you create your son or daughter, well, you know. I mean, you don't create them. But, you know, when a son or daughter is born and you're pouring your life into someone and you're seeing them raise up. And but yet you don't know. If they're going to return the favor, if they're going to love you back. You really don't know. You're taking an enormous amount of risk, you know, and you look at the risk that God took with his creation. And it's amazing. You know, to risk perfect love, perfect relationship with humanity, perfect relationship with his creation. Look at creation now. We see the outcomes of that. And wow, what devastating risk he took as we look around and you you see um, storms and we see how creation isn't the way God created it to be. There's earthquakes. There's natural disasters. It it says that the scriptures say that the earth itself groans at the pains. God didn't create this earth like this. That was enormous risks that he took out of love for you and I. You look at uh, his suffering children, the way in which we reject God. God wants nothing more than to be reconciled to you and I. And yet. So often we choose to love someone else. So often we prostitute ourselves to another God. Yeah, Think about the pain that that causes God, our dad, our creator. And yet he continues to give you a eye choice. Right. Ultimately, we know that he sent his son, Jesus, right, to suffer us, suffer for us. The question is, as God has demonstrated this amazing amount of risk for you and I. How will you and I demonstrate risk for Jesus? What will you risk? Out of your love for Jesus. How will you love? How will you not no longer play it safe with your heart? Who is the spirit this morning urging you to forgive? Who is the spirit this morning urging you to open up your heart to, to be vulnerable with? Who is God urging you to share your faith with? You know, that's one of the things that we can do the most is share our hearts and share our life and share our faith to a lost world. But it's risky, right? Because they may not respond in the way that we anticipate. God is calling you to serve, to be hospitable, to fan flame your gifts. Why? For him. To be willing to give up everything for the sake of the gospel. Why? So that others can be reconciled to God. There is enormous risk with giving your heart and giving your life to other people but with that there's great reward as well because when we do others ourselves have an opportunity to be reconciled to God my prayer my hope my urging for us this morning is to take risk with our hearts to open up ourselves to someone understanding full well that they may not love us back in the way that we want to. Isn't that scary? Yeah. You know, as I've gotten older, you know, yeah, I, this is one of the reasons I believe Jesus says um, that, that one of the ways in which we can be like little children <laughs> in the way that they have this, that innocence and they give their hearts. And I think as I've, as I've gotten older, there's this fear. There's this there's this tendency to want to guard my heart against hurt, against pain. I don't want to experience that hurt of giving myself the fear of rejection. Who wants to willingly give their heart over and over again to be rejected? Well, that's what God does every day with you and I. And he's calling you and I to be willing to face that rejection. For the sake of the gospel. How will you risk your heart for Jesus today? For some of us, that means following him, simply laying down your life and giving up your will for his will to follow. Jesus means to let him rule your heart and your affections. For some of you, that's what it means to study the scripture and being willing to lay down your life to become a Christian. You've been toying with the decision. You've been studying the Bible. You've been maybe kind of one foot in and one foot out. And Jesus says, no, risk everything for me because I've risked everything for you. For some of us, that means loving one another in this room. You know, the church here has gone through a lot. There's a lot of things that we're having to work through and forgive one another for. There's a lot of things that, you know, it can be easy to to look at someone else and blame them for the difficulty that we're going through. And the reality is other people may have caused some pain, right? But the wrestle is, man, will I continue to open up my heart and be vulnerable, and allow someone else to love me. When I give my heart to someone, I'm simply allowing Jesus to be reflected through me. When I choose to forgive, understanding that person may not accept that forgiveness, I'm demonstrating and I'm reflecting a level of Jesus's heart through me. Yeah. With great risk. There's great reward. Mm-hmm. And lastly. Maybe that means loving the lost. Mm-hmm. Sh- inviting someone into your heart. So that they can accept. And respond. To the good news. About Jesus for them. This is a challenging. Message. You know and I believe that. Paul gives a great example of following Jesus in this. And my urging, my prompting, my challenge for us is that we walk away decided to risk our hearts for Jesus. With great risk, there's great reward. This is God's mission. This is Jesus's mission. This is your mission. This is our task. This is why we're here, yeah. that we can give up everything for the sake of the gospel. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer as we close our time this morning. Amen. Father God, we are so grateful for Jesus. Mm-hmm. We're so grateful that you, God, plunge yourself into humanity to give us the choice to love you. You didn't have to do that. A difficult choice, but a choice nonetheless that you made to demonstrate your love for us. God, my prayer is that we can imitate your love for us by risking our hearts for you. God, by risking our hearts for one another and by risking our hearts for the loss. Father God, Help us give us the confidence, give us the boldness, give us the humility to be able to no longer guard our hearts against pain, against rejection. But God, really to ask ourselves that very relevant but urgent question of how will I risk my heart for you? We love you so much and we thank you for the opportunity to be here and to respond to your message, to your words, to your truth. It's in your son Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much.